0: Perfect.
1: Well, you're I, in a great mood today.
0: <laughs> well, I think I'm the only one here that's not hungover. Oh, like, nice. Like real <laughs> hungover. Like everybody. We went to, like, we went to the reception. I'm here at a Jeffrey's conference in Miami, and we went to this reception and then to this big dinner in South Beach that turned into a nightclub <laughs> like halfway through dinner and you know i met some great people and then i said all right i'm out and i by 10 o'clock i walked back to my hotel and went to sleep apparently everybody went out mm. so
1: oh they went to the after dinner <laughs> nightclub night yes yeah. yeah
0: dave williams was here he went on oh, this good. morning he did a good job and okay, then i'm yeah. on after lunch or, or yeah right after lunch so what
1: are you gonna say
0: I have no idea. I, um, we haven't. He hasn't given me questions or notes or.
1: Oh, okay, you're not giving a presentation. You're like part no, of the panel. Okay. Yeah, it's
0: just Q and A. It's just me and Comel. So oh, we nice. can do this okay. in our sleep. Yeah. we've done it before, and yeah. um, it's just um, you know it's buy side investors. So it's it's real thirty thousand foot level, you know, and of course I'm sure Bud Light will come up. It already has. They're very interested in what what's going on with Bud Light. Hello, Jordan. I'm so glad you could join us.
2: How are you this morning? It's not even nine o'clock yet. and um, I know. Look at you. Five minutes late. Adam, you're
0: only five minutes late. (laughs) You're only five minutes late by being five minutes. (laughs) By being (laughs) one minute early. (laughs) Yeah, right.
1: (laughs) Jesus.
0: So how was the Beer Marketers Conference?
2: It was funny because, you know, they had a lot of uh, speakers that could talk about growth. Um, (laughs) Constellation, Molson Coors this year and athletic um beatbox although they're not necessarily a a beer supplier but i mean the stage was set with binge and his presentation and i mean he was talking about how they've never seen declines like they have in their history of tracking shipments um this year and last year and we're on pace to do under 200 million barrels for the first time in a quarter of a century Mm -hmm. so i mean that's kind of how the stage was set so Anytime somebody was talking about growth, it was in the back of your head. That you're like, "Well, yeah, but the industry is, <laughs> yeah. Sick. yeah, 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 Um And the the questions just piled up. No one, no one really has their, their finger on the pulse of. It seems like it's many things going wrong, um, yeah. but no one could really answer why, and there wasn't too many solutions because it seems like. The solution right now is to pivot to beyond beer and you know lose focus of traditional beer um lester i think had a few good points um outside of you know he he made the case that the the data that we receive you know isn't necessarily reliable because there's people not yeah i
0: I saw that it's like um because it and tell me if i'm wrong in understanding it because i wasn't there but um you it seems like he the, the a lot of the brew pubs that have opened up haven't really registered with the ttb to, to s- supply their shipment data or uh, not shipment data but just production data and yeah. uh, i mean but I, I just wonder how big could that be like
2: well i mean it doesn't sound that big but when he talked to the ttb Apparently, there's like a couple thousand breweries not reporting. So if they're doing a couple thousand barrels, that could help out the numbers a little bit. But yeah, he he was just saying that there's uh there's some misleading indicators in, in the data. Uh, but as far as helping out beer, you know, he made the comment that trying to price against liquor is a, a death sentence because you can make <laughs> liquor out of anything, I think. He used an old mattress as his example. He I said think Lester's with... <laughs>
0: old mattress. You could probably get uh, some fermentation out of it. But um... I
1: mean, why? Because it soaked up previous spirits. It, he said, <laughs> just, wring it out."
0: Just, it's just dirty gin.
2: Just dirty. Yeah. He uh, said yeah. anything with biological material, and then he used <laughs> old mattress, and I was like, oh, girl.
0: <laughs> I made vodka out of donuts up in Petaluma, California. That's pretty about cool. fifteen years ago. It you was, and Tony it, McGee. It, it was not a Lagunitas event. It was just a like a vodka making class. I needed to learn how to ferment. It's ridiculous that I'm in this industry and I didn't know how mm-hmm. to make it. So I
1: think there's a lot of people <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of consultants in this industry, Harry. You're yeah. not alone.
0: But I did learn a lot. It was it was cool. I want to dig deeper into what Carlos Leboy. Carlos Leboy is the he he is the Molotov cocktail thrower of the industry. <laughs> I'm glad to see that he's back because it was getting boring on the investment side and you know, his contention that there needs to be a reset on equity agreements. I'm not sure how that went down in St. Louis and New York and Leuven, but what were your impressions of what were, who did you talk, I mean, not who, but what were people saying about it?
2: Yeah. So just uh, back up a little bit, Carlos, you know, he covers ABI globally and He says that they're great brand builders in markets like Brazil and Mexico, where there isn't a three-tier system and they can do what they kind of do best and just get all the consumer-centric, customer-centric data and then kind of become brand developers with that data. And so he made the case that given the relationship right now and their want to get that data, they should kind of go back to the table with wholesalers and say, okay, let's wipe the slate clean. You tell us what you want. And in turn, we're going to ask for more data from y'all. So that was kind of his, his reasoning. And he said that, you know, it's happened between Coke and their Latin American bottlers and has worked out very well.
0: It seems like A B already has all the data though. I, I was I'm not thinking sure. the
1: same, right? Like there's right? no way that A B doesn't have loads of data. Like Constellation just said they have like two point five million people on their opt in marketing platform scaling to ten million. There's no way A B with Bs doesn't have and it maybe not even through B's, but that was my thought too. But you know, I'm sure they'd love to have more. I just don't know that that provides enough.
2: So so I mean, that that was the skepticism. Of course, wholesalers, the ones that I talked to were excited at the prospect of getting to rewrite their equity agreement, not only to strike little stuff that doesn't really make them much money that AB demands, but also just the right of refusal, their ability to pick the equity That's manager. True. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. They're things never like, going to give that up, man. Right. I, so I think agree. That, 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 those are
0: those.
2: Sorry. And I think those are the top two things that wholesalers would likely ask for. So, yeah, they're excited at the prospect. I think people are skeptical of what they would concede. And then also, if they ask for more data, like Carlos kind of alluded to, that raises some red flags mm-hmm. because, like we said, they probably already have a bunch of data but to ask wholesalers for more time and attention on supplying them with data, I don't think other brewers and their portfolio would be happy about that. Or it would raise flags for government officials too, you know? so.
0: Oh, right. Right. And also, I mean, Constellation has recently said that they don't, they do not want their wholesalers on bees Mm -hmm. at all. And that's a deal killer. And so that, you know, it, it's, I, I would say that that's probably good news for like Pro-V and other third party providers of that same service, that ordering type service, because they're agnostic to the supplier. You know, it's it, it, just a matter of trust. Do, do you trust a third party that, that, that won't sell that data to competitors? And that, I guess that's the linchpin in what's going on there. But I think that's a big headwind for, and Molson Coors has an ordering system too. And for Constellation to say, we don't want you on either of those, that's kind of a big deal because it it really limits. Unless the wholesaler wants to create his own ordering system from scratch on an individual basis, that would be a pain in the ass. I know Reyes does it. If you're big enough to be Reyes, they have their own system. Um, Southern has their own system. RNDC has their own system. I probably break through. Right through. Yeah. Uh, but once you get smaller than that, it's you kind of would probably want to use a third party or bees or multi courses or whatever. But what you don't want is to have five systems so that each retailer has to log out and log back in to another system to order a different product. Yeah. And that, as I think that's going to be a real challenge for the industry going forward. That that ordering piece, that that retailer ordering from the wholesaler piece. Wholesaler ordering from the supplier, I think we've all I think we've taken care of that. But retailer ordering from the wholesaler is a different story. And then don't get me into the consumer ordering from the retailer because we've already talked about that and the legal implications there.
2: That was that was a big highlight. Um, and then I think um one other thing that people mentioned a bunch at the reception was the despite the doom and gloom, you know, Andy Thomas of of all companies, um he was exactly. the one that provided some optimism and just kind of did like a recall of 30 years ago saying, Hey, remember what it looked like 30 years ago? Constellation didn't exist. Modelo was, you know, hardly on the map and athletic didn't exist, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it was a very eloquent um, recall kind of on the spot and the people sitting next to me kind of tapped me and They're like, this is why I love that guy. And then yeah. even after the, the meeting was over, I heard more and more people talking about I think that just kind of gave people a little lift on yeah things are bad right now or they appear bad but you don't know what the future holds and that's how Andy kind of summed it up is the the arc of history is long so just stay focused and um
0: Andy steals the show man he always has yeah he's just a great speaker <laughs> he
1: sure is and, yeah. and
0: and we're talking about Andy Thomas of AB I don't know if we said that, but Andy's just so eloquent, and he's right. I mean, hell, maybe beatbox is going to save us all. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. we don't know. Or happy dad. We don't. We don't know. Yeah. So <laughs> that's cool. What were there any other like uh, things that made an impression on you?
2: You know, everyone's high on constellation uh, during the Wall Street panel. You know, that was the go-to pick uh, for all three analysts. Um, Carlos the boy. Bonnie Herzog and then Robert Ottenstein and uh, Robert is he reminds me of like an like an NFL or NBA insider like when you watch uh um, center or pregame postgame they have their phone like right next to them because you never know like when news <laughs> right. is going to come in is age right. is going to call <laughs> yeah seriously and he was uh sitting beside me at the conference and that guy is he's a machine he's just constantly taking notes talking on the phone getting up to take a call sometimes just bending down and taking a call and- <laughs> under the table <laughs> yeah the i
1: love round.
0: that our our last two podcasts have devolved into just talking about robert, robert. like <laughs> he is he is he's just a staple and he, he the man you know what he he stands on business
2: he, you my know? God. he definitely does but he was uh Surprisingly, he was harsher on A B than LeBoy was. I think I think everybody expected some fireworks with Carlos given some of his notes on anheuser Bush as of late. But it was uh, Robert who was a bigger <laughs> a bigger critic, at least in the US. Everyone had glowing things to say about ABI globally. But in the US, I think <laughs> he said Bud Light, uh Bud Light's a disaster, not this year, but for the past 10 years. And the comments uh, like the Q&A from the audience afterwards, there was some um some harsh critiques in there too. some people not even asking questions, just letting uh, letting uh, their feelings be heard.
0: Yeah, I love that when I'm on stage and I get those long questions and, and I'm like, I don't see a question, but this person <laughs> really wants to make a statement.
2: It kind of turned into like sparring because there was like one pissed off comment. And then there was like another question asking the anonymous person why they, <laughs> why they felt that way. <laughs> and I think Ben was like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and cut this off.
0: That's funny. I mean, and Robert used to work for ABI. Like that's, you know, he was, wasn't he head of their investor relations? Something.
2: That's before my time.
1: Yeah.
0: So. Yeah. Interesting. Well, Jennifer, I heard that you went to New York too. Is everybody just that, in New oh, York? Oh, that was a
1: couple of weeks ago. That was that was for uh, Heineken USA and uh, the Constellation Investor Day. But I, you know, I have some comments about pricing because I feel like we don't talk about pricing enough. And I know that Lester loves to shut it down. Bump goes up on stage and he's like, "We can't talk about pricing." I think we need to talk about pricing more because. Maybe from a manufacturer's perspective, you can make spirits from anything. Okay, yeah, so that's a disadvantage. But on the consumer end and on the retailer end, it's a big deal, right? Like a lot of distributors, a lot of retailers are telling me like, we cannot keep taking price. It directly leads people to spirits. Now, of course, retailers price, but at the same time, they price how they feel they can price or should price. And I was talking about this with Bill, my husband, um, who's an analyst, you know, and we were kind of arguing, he's like, well, I mean, forever. And certainly since I've worked for you, Harry, brewers, they lose volume, but they take price every year and every year and most years they can be profitable doing that forever. But like from a consumer standpoint, where does it end? Right. When I was born in 1982 to now, beer's up three times in pricing. Spirits is up two times. You extrapolate that out several more decorate decades, right? And then what happens when the retailers decide- you know what? Beer just isn't drawing consumers in for me. It's not profitable for me. I'm going to throw my lot in with these spirits guys. Let me start lobbying too for equivalency. And then we're really screwed. So we cannot ignore price guys. Like I know Lester's trying to even things up, right? Because there is some consternation about price, but that to say that that's not part of the problem, I think is very short-sighted. And then beyond that, um, you know, I think Jordan was talking about people looking for solutions, people going to beyond beer. Um we're going to have a little piece about RTDs and how much malt owns the RTD space is kind of like putting everything into perspective, right? That's you know, speaking of equivalency, obviously we have systemic benefits there and for good reason. Um but then, you know, again talking to bill, like where does that lead beer if we really try to own RTDs? Is that really boom busty? Is that dangerous? And then you think about what RTDs are, they're not intrinsics, right? They're not, they're not a segment. So insofar as like tequila is a segment or beer is a segment or IPA is a segment, which describes like what the actual liquid is, right? It's, it's the package, right? It's the convenience factor. And so why isn't beer looking at that more? Like if you think about talking about beatbox, how did they differentiate and kind of create a new segment? Tetra Pak, Red Bull was one of the first brands to popularize slim cans, five hour energy kind of brought that right. Like Oscar Blues, they started a huge movement in craft. Like, why aren't we looking at convenience more? Why aren't we looking at packaging more? Like, we've done the flavors, but it is that's a scary a great, time. Great point. right? Like,
0: yeah, I time. think you're absolutely, absolutely on point there, Jen. I think, I think pricing is probably the main reason. why why beer volumes are are so soft, and especially with younger people, there's there's a fungibility with ethanol, and that you can trade one for the other i I thought it was interesting because i uh, dave williams just gave a presentation where he showed the top 20 spirit rtds Mm. and how they're doing this year and of course you know high noon's number one and Cutwaters number two and then it goes down from there the thing that i noticed and they're all up double digits um, but lower double digits than last year should point that out but the only Spirit RTD that was down was Crown Royal mm-hmm. RTD. And it's also the only spirit branded RTD that was up there, which I thought was interesting because when this all started, I assumed that putting Jim Beam, Jack Daniels, Crown Royal on the label would be a benefit. It really hasn't translated mm-hmm. that way. The the ones that are growing are brands like Cutwater. And Monaco, and you know, they, they they're not associated with a spirit brand, hmm. so. um yeah. But pricing, yes, pricing is uh, is is a huge issue.
2: And and that kind of makes you wonder whether people really care whether there's spirits in it or not, you know. Yeah. Um. And then Jen, going back to what you said, between pricing and packaging innovation, and I think you know it might be worth it to look at coming up with something that isn't a premium priced innovation Mm -hmm. Um, because it seems like everyone's trying to cater to Gen Z with some type of new drink, whether it's happy Thursday or, you know, all these new flavor innovations. Or or
0: shift, which has multiple flavor (laughs) innovations at once.
2: But, you know, if those are all premium prices, like, I don't know how often, Gen Z is going to be able to purchase those mm-hmm. um, when they're just getting out of college and don't really have a job yet, or they're still in college. And so that seems like a, a treat, a something that you can't buy on the reg, like value beer. Right, right. Like you, you, know, you know, who
0: does, you know, you know, who gets that point, Jordan, Paul Renee, buddy.
2: Oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah. At, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Geloso right. beverage. They,
1: truck it they, they get it. They yep.
0: get it and I think you're right I think there's an opportunity especially for entrepreneurs to c- capture that lower end uh segment because the big comp the publicly traded companies don't want to do it because it dilutes their margins and that yeah. that will make their stock go down and they won't have enough equity to to do things they want to do but to a small company it's just cash flow so it doesn't matter if the margins are high or low as long as they're profitable and, and we saw this kind of in the 90s we saw a lot of kind of independent firms do the things that the big companies couldn't do. Like St. Ides comes to my mind, owner of that, I believe. And he, he's also the one that started Sparks, which he mm. then sold to <laughs> Miller Coors for millions of dollars. And then they shut it down. So, I mean, they're, they're, cause they can't, you, you can't really be in that market uh, as a huge company because you're going to get backlash from the peoples, the, pe- the good peoples out there, the church going crowd. <laughs> um, so that's my, I always like to give a little historical Uh, perspective there.
1: Yeah, no, it makes you wonder why. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking, well, margin, but you're right. That's bigger for the big guys. Um, Well, in other news, and speaking of innovation, I'm sure everybody's seen this by now, but just in case they haven't, we saw news this week that Boston Beer is employing its fast follower uh, tool in the toolbox to uh, bring out Sun Cruiser vodka tea, vodka plus tea. you know, I think in 14 states next year, they haven't said which states yet, but it's, it's pretty obviously a follow of the very hot surf side brand, um that's doing really well in New Jersey and New York, like velocities are outpacing high noon. 4.5% ABV, 100 cal. We'll see how that does. We have the Surfside guys on next week, so we can ask them how they feel. Nice. <laughs> about... Oh, cool.
0: The packaging does look like Surfside, but uh, but also High Noon. I think everybody's going after that. You know, Sun, Blue. But, you know, Boston, they're pretty good at Fast Following. Yeah. You know? um, worked Truly, they, right? it, it worked with Truly, right? It worked with Truly. It, it worked for Angry Arch, Orchard. That's what they do well. AB's always been good at that, but Boston's been good, better at that on the higher end,
2: for sure. And I feel like they always have a little flinker too.
1: Flink. Say
0: that again. A flinker.
2: Flanker.
1: What's flinker.
2: that? Flanker. Like flinker? they have flanker. Like they have oh,
1: flank. The flanker. Got it. Flanker. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: What did y'all I'm think so glad I that, Jen, that you blinker. didn't understand what he was saying either, because I'm in a b- eye, very but... lousy. I don't know if you can see. There's there's a hurricane coming
2: into Miami. If you, do you see the yeah. palm trees just swaying You're in, Florida. in the
1: wind? yeah.
0: I mean, good lord <laughs>
2: of mercy, blinker. Mm-hmm. Because they have their mother, you know their their golden goose and twisted tea. But I feel like you know they always kind of do little things to make sure, like okay, if this segment were to explode, yeah. hey, we have an end here. Um, because didn't they do a a better for you tea.
1: Yeah. Wild Tura or wild tea or something like that, I think. But I think yeah. that was kind of kombucha adjacent. And, you know, that was hard with the warm shelf, cold shelf. We all know how hard kombucha has been, right? So. Right. But yeah, I've, I vaguely it's, remember It's that. hard to,
0: kombucha is hard to sell through the supply chain, but it's also hard to drink. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh I, I like kombucha, but. uh Of course you do. Of course I do. I Just there's a, I like everything. There's very little that I don't like.
0: You're the prototypical millennial. If yeah. if they had to put a millennial on a poster, <laughs> it would be Jen Letscart.
1: Next to you, Harry, of course. You're also well, the, the prototypical Gen Zer Z-er, prototypical yes. Gen Xer.
0: I stand on business.
1: You do. You do stand on business.
0: And let's talk a little bit about about Heineken, Heineken. cuz I yeah, don't think, I think we did we talk know. about them last right. week.
1: Um So we, yeah, the two big highlights really were that they're going again on Silver investing another hundred mil against that brand. They said it's a marathon, not a sprint, right? They really believe in the ability to continue to trade drinkers up. Um, you know, lots said about driving Heineken zero, zero, um, you know, especially in the on-premise and then, uh, get a dose that's for dose Equis, right? That, that, um, messaging is evolving to, um, grab one with a good one. I think, is it get one with a good one or grab one with a good one? Uh, The fact that you can't
0: remember it is not good.
1: I think I have aphasia, Harry.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) I've
1: been self-diagnosing. I say like, anyway.
0: I think you Uh, just have hypochondria.
1: (laughs) You know, Harry, it has nothing to do with my ridiculous workload or the fact that I have two young children. Uh, I I knew it was going to somehow be my fault.
0: Well, aphasia is when you can't recognize faces. I thought.
1: Well, it's it has a host of things. I've, okay, I've, I've <laughs> you you would know. I'm sure
0: you've done more research on it than I have. So, because I, uh, I think I have it too, but I have the yes, face one. Didn't... You <laughs> got no, it. I, I want be... it too. No, you don't want it, Jordan. No, we need you
1: to be the one productive no. member. Yeah. Um, Jordan's of
0: my external hard drive. Right, you know, exactly. Memory. Ex,
2: external <laughs> hard like, drive's shutting down. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: I, I noticed your memory's been slacking lately. We, uh, need to, yeah. we need to get you some kale juice or something, which <laughs> no, is what I'm drinking right now. Pressed kale. Oh, it's uh, so delicious. Not.
1: But yeah, no. The uh, and for the for the dose messaging, um, leaning in obviously to Spanish language TV and in live sports and all that, which you know. We know that that brand, like all brands, but especially that brand, is driven by good marketing, right? Like most interesting man in the world, of course, was its most famous ad campaign. So this one is good about about friends, like grabbing a dose with friends, right? And uh, the uh, spots were pretty well received. So
0: good, and then yeah. Dose investment
1: um, across the board.
0: They just they have such a jewel in Dos Equis. It's such I think it has such mm-hmm. potential. Mexican beers are obviously on fire. Constellations proved it. There is no reason why Heineken can't jumpstart that brand again and get it, you know, get it up to where it needs to be. Um, it has a lot of equity, uh, particularly in certain markets. And, Texas, um, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It, it just needs execution. I, I will be uh, going straight from here to Las Vegas, where I will be with mm-hmm. Heineken executives for the weekend. And in fact, I will have time to speak with Dolph brink their global CEO. Haven't seen or spoken with Dolph in years since he left the US, really. Um, so that'll be interesting. And to, I think it's on the record. So I think I'll have some things to bring back to you. Um, okay, so that i mean, you I don't want
1: you to that yeah
0: well i mean if uh, i just don't want you to work too hard because this aphasia sounds serious
1: <laughs> oh god people are going to be mad at me for saying aphasia i really do think i have a very long list of ailments i actually do think i'm undiagnosed ocd but anyway I'll figure- oh we know
0: that You don't have to diagnose that no it's i think half of your health problems are legitimate so
1: oh thank you <laughs> <so>. <laughs> damn that's still a big number
2: <laughs> that's still a big number.
1: <laughs> We're getting closer to summit time, guys, and we've got awesome speakers. Oh. We just secured Sean Belongi. I hope that's how you say his last name. I Belongi to me.
0: <laughs> oh my god! CEO I'm going to edit. I'm going to heavily edit this. You're
1: not going to edit that.
0: <laughs> no, you're right. I won't.
1: Um, but yes, that'll be good. We have Kyle Norrington. We have Jim Sabia. We have Sophia Colucci. We have Sam Shahidi, right? Who, I mean, we have others, we've got great speakers. So y'all sign up
0: high and tight. Yeah. I I'd say this is one of our better lineups and, and I know I've said this before, but we are, we are doing the scheduling a little different so that you don't have to stay quite as long if you want to stay for wine and spirits. Um, you know, beer half a day sunday and then the fir- half a day monday and then wine and spirit starts after lunch and then goes for half a day and then another half a day so um we got a lot of content packed into a very short amount of time however we still leave the same amount of time for networking at our two receptions which will be hopefully if the weather permit and we're going to have full entertainment we'll have music and dancing and fireworks and cigar rollers and well you know not all of those things but at least some of them, <laughs> depending on swag bags swag you bags you never know yeah. we yeah. we get a hair on but yeah it's uh it'll be in january but you can go to beernet.com and sign up right now and if you come to both you get a discount and uh or you can call just call jessica if you're not yeah if you're not an internet guy or gal. Just called Jessica. She's wonderful to talk to. She'll chat you up all day long if you let her and it's 210-805-8006. Anything else?
1: Try I don't think can. so. Oh, do we have Wednesday off next week?
0: Oh, is that <laughs> the Is day that before some Thanksgiving. sort of holiday?
1: Is that some sort oh. of holiday? Yes. It's the day yes. my mother comes to town. Yes.
0: Yes. Yes, we will have Wednesday off. We'll publish uh we'll publish Wednesday and then And then our next issue will be Monday. Cool. Um, All right. Well, good. Well, kids, guard the parakeet, feed the printer, and I will be back Monday. Take care.
1: Bye. See ya.